You're listening to Sun Devil Saturday. Now back to our host, Jeff Munn and Sean Crespin. Sun Devil Saturday brought to you in part by Gila River Hotels and Casinos. They proudly bleed maroon and gold in their Arizona's official sports headquarters. Along with Tim Healy, Jeff Van Rappor, Sean Crespin, Jeff Munn. And to get on, get this, get on this discussion about no fans, I want you to hear what Herm Edwards had to say earlier this week to the media about the challenge of playing this schedule this year in empty stadiums. And I've talked to some coaches and I said, what does that feel like? They said, well, you can hear everything. You, you can hear the audibles of the quarterback. You can hear the defenses changing coverages. Uh, it's kind of interesting now. We'll have some music some and, and some some noise, uh, the ambiance noises, you know, of, of a fan when things happen in a game. But for the most time, for the most part, both teams have to create their own energy on the sideline. Now, there's a challenge for both the play-by-play guy and the analyst. The challenges are different. Rapper, I want to start with you. As a former player, you can understand better than we can what kind of challenge it is to play an intense game in a stadium with no energy. You know, it, I've thought about that a lot and just kind of watching and and I really think you're going to have to have a different mindset. It used to be if you watch guys in warm-ups, how they jumped around, raised their hand, you know, they fed off the stadium and the environment. I think these guys are going to really have to hunker down and just play, hey, the, the game is going to be played at eight feet high, and it's going to be played the width and the length of the football field. And really kind of try to get into the moment with your buddies. Um, I, I have a trying to get a call with Zach Hill because I kind of want to go through the – I'm really curious on the cadences, on the snap counts, and I think there's going to be an opportunity money maybe once or twice a game to steal five yards, um, whether it's a, with a quick count, whether it's a clap. But I think, you know, what we've seen in the NFL is we've seen these defensive linemen on a hard cadence really bite more than normal just because of voice inflection. They can hear it. So – I think you got to get energy from your peers. I think I think there's going to be one of the most valuable people on on the game day. Maybe the guys on the sidelines, those guys that can create energy. And you know, I think you're going to watch and see that it's going to be. They're going to try to feed into the team. So I don't know. I'm curious. What, what are your guys' thoughts? You can use a hard count even on the road this year, rapper. I mean, we're seeing that. We're seeing road teams pick up a cheap five, like you're talking about. Uh, you know, by 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 using the hard count, which is just odd and. You know, in college football, I, I, a lot of the there's a lot of the audibleing, obviously more so than in the pros. But you know, you, every and you would know more than me. But you, you see, late in the in the in the play clock, most of the heads turn to the sideline for a check with me, opposed to a lot of cadence at the line of scrimmage or some audibles that maybe the defense can pick up on. So, do you think that could still be a big deal in the college game as well? That you know, a lot of the audibles or a lot of the changes, a lot of the check with me's come from the sideline. Yeah, I think I think they will. I think there will be some. Um, for sure, I think where the, the where the crowd or the lack of crowd benefits the most is on defense. Um, imagine yeah. if you have a young secondary, and you know, think back. You know, you want to yell out, "Hey, watch the bomb! Watch the hide route! Watch the climb route! Climb, climb, climb!" Your coaches on the sidelines are going to be able to scream that out, and the DBs are going to be able to hear it. So it's gonna it's gonna really help the defensive side of the ball as well. I just think. You know, from a coaching perspective, I think you got to be ready to try to get try to get a cheap five, keep a drive alive. You know, and then you know, we have not talked enough about special teams, but 
from what I've seen, you know, early in the year, special teams is the one area that's really standing out, you know, positively or negatively um, in these games. You know, he's given up a big play or something like that. And Sean Slocum is, I think that's a real plus for us. Tim, I, I thinking back I just, to uh, the last year, the game with Oregon, when we were talking about the energy in the stadium, it's really going to be odd, and especially right from the get-go in that game at USC, in a normal setting, a game like that at the Coliseum, it may not draw 90,000, but the place would be pretty much on edge from the beginning, and as a broadcaster, it, it can seem odd, too. Yeah, I'm really anxious to see what that feeling is going to be like. You know, I think most of my uh, colleagues, uh, you know, at the NFL level, you know, have done great work, and also the college uh, broadcasters that are uh, whose seasons have already started have done a good job. I'll be curious to see the degree to which uh, our Pac-12 programs uh, are able to pipe crowd noise in. I don't know if that uh, is going to be attempted or not, and to what degree, and uh, you know, to try to generate some semblance of atmosphere, but. You mentioned it, Money. Think back to the Oregon game. And the as great a win as it was for the Sun Devils, somehow it wouldn't have felt quite the same if it had occurred, same circumstance, but only this year with no fans in the stands because having that near sellout crowd and the atmosphere was just uh, so much of the icing on the cake that made that such a special evening. And I think – uh, the crowd energy uh, helped will the Devils to an early, you know, they led 24 to 7 at one point in that game. And despite Oregon's late rally, ASU steadfastly uh, uh, held on to that lead uh, right to the bitter end. And, uh, and one thing Herm Edwards mentioned early uh, in the preseason, and I think this is a huge point, is that it's almost as if there won't be a home field advantage this year. So if you were to end up in an odd-number game schedule, like a seven-game schedule playing four games on the road, I'm not sure how big of a disadvantage that'll be for a team because it's almost as if there won't be a home field advantage. Uh, you know. And if you're playing tough opponents on the road this year, like opening at USC, this may be the year for the Sun Devils to do that. And I, I think Rapper made a good point. I think uh, the, the, some of the most important players will be the guys on the sideline. Which sideline can generate more energy, more electricity, more uh, noise in support of their uh, colleagues on the field? Uh, I think that'll be a huge factor. And I'm really interested to see how what this is going to be like, you know, what the experience is going to be like. And especially for those of us, you know, none of the radio crews in the Pac-12 are going to travel this year. So uh, all of us are going to be broadcasting Sun Devil Road games from the confines of the athletic building in Tempe this year. And uh, that's the way it's been for pretty much all over college football. Not too many radio crews are traveling. And uh, that, that's, that's going to be another dynamic for us personally that's uh, going to be fascinating to see unfold. You know, I want to back up just a little bit to what Rapper was getting to there with Coach Slocum and just having that type of of uh, experience and that type of coaching at the special teams side of things because it doesn't get talked about enough. And, you know, having Turk come back and the amount of times he was able to flip a field, you know, if you struggle coming out of the gates on one side or the other of, of, of you know, offensively, defensively, having special teams that isn't going to make the big mistake is going to is either going to win you or cost you a football game. Rapper, I think you're 100% correct. Having a, a coach like Sean Slocum and, uh, you know, I think Turk coming back is such a big deal as well. Special teams doesn't get talked about, but in an odd season, it can be huge. 
Yeah, I, I think I think it's going to be just such a big part of it. And, you know, you take special teams and then you say, okay, think about like if you're a kicker trying to hit a game-winning kick. I mean, it's going to be like practice out there. It's not going to be yeah. seventy or 80,000 people in the Coliseum being extremely loud. You know, you're going to be able to get the counts. You're going to be able to get the cadences. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be really fun. I'm just kind of curious. I wish I could put a mic. You know, we can't stand it down there. But I would like to hear all the dummy calls because I wonder if, if you're a coach, do you have to put some dummy calls in? And, you know, just try to bait guys. Um, you know, a lot of times if you use words with R and L, you know, Ringo, Lucky, Larry, you know, they could be dummy calls. But if you're on the defensive side and I start yelling out, Ringo, Ringo, it's either two things. Usually it's blocking scheme, right? We're going to slide the blocking to that right side. So that means, um, you know, the, the slide's going to go that way. The back blocks to the left opposite. You know, those type, that type of, you know, I mean, reality is football's a game of lies, right, guys? I mean, yeah. it, you know, outside of the politics and everything else, you know, what's going on in the environment, football is a game of lies, misdeception, um, and everything is subterfuge. So I, I think the question is how to use it to your advantage and not, and not get abused on the, uh, on the other side. I, listen, as somebody who worked in baseball for a number of years, that sport, too, is all about lies and deception. And we won't get into how much, but just the same. Listen, fellas, uh, we are out well, of time. Well, What's that? Hey, Money, real quick, real quick. I just was overeating in Tempe, and I ran by, just stuck my head in the stadium and kind of looked to answer your question. They were ASU was scrimmaging, and they had a lot of piped-in crowd noise. So ASU is prepping for crowd noise I, uh, in their scrimmage today. I, I've got about 30 seconds. If you want to jump in with just a yes or no, I know a lot of people, fans, talk about piped-in crowd noise on broadcast. I like it. Do you? I like Works it. for me. It works for me. I think it does add to the atmosphere. I mean, sometimes I turn on a broadcast, and I think there's a huge crowd in the stands, and then you look and see that it's empty. I, I, I do think it adds something. How about you, Sean? It depends on the mix. And I guess that's me being the engineer radio guy you know, of, of the group here, but it depends on the mix. Sometimes the mix is awful, and the broadcasters are getting drowned out, and it's just the same yeah. loop, and it's just almost piercing. Uh, but but I do I agree with Tim. At times, when it's done right, it sounds it, it almost sounds normal, which is a hard thing to find these days. And that's really what we're what we're after starting November seventh. Tim Rapper, thanks very much. We'll talk to you next week. Good to see you guys. Take care. Tim Healy, Jet Band Rap Horse, they're gearing up for November seventh. So Sean, so's yours truly. And somebody who's gearing up for November twenty fifth is Charlie Turner Thorne, the head coach of ASU women's basketball. And we'll talk women's hoops with Charlie right after this on the Sun Devil Radio Network. You're listening to Sun Devil Saturday. Now back to our host, Jeff Munn and Sean Crespin. This portion of Sun Devil Saturday brought to you by Fry's. Now at Fry's, you can get all the fresh you want when you want it. Just shop Fry'sFood.com or download the Fry's app, then choose delivery or free pickup. It's so easy. Fry's, fresh for everyone. Along with Sean Crespin, Jeff Munn, and... People ask me all the time, tough interviews. This interview's tough because this is the boss, and I always get nervous when I talk to the boss. Yes, there are some other people who sign my paycheck with this radio network, but I always, who's the boss? Charlie Turner Thorne's the boss, and she joins us now. If you don't know, she's the head coach of Sun Devil Women's Basketball, and if you don't know that, I don't know what planet you've been living on, but she joins us now on Sun Devil Saturday. Hi, boss. How are you? Jeff, I don't know. Thank you so much for, uh, I, I think we're just, uh, you know, peers, but um, no. I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me on. Good to uh, be there with you 
Uh, virtually, that is. That, you know, usually we do this in person, but time, you know, it's a yeah. little different deal this year. Different L- world. Listen, Sean, uh, I've got questions about the team, but I know Sean wants to talk to you about some really big news that came down about 10 days ago. Yeah, you know, I've been lucky enough to work uh, the Final Four a handful of times, uh, whether it's here or around the country. And, uh, you know, Coach, I think it's outstanding. 2026 is still a ways out, but bringing the women's Final Four here to Phoenix, the new renovated Talking Stick Resort Arena is where it's going to be at, and ASU is going to serve as the host school. I know this is something you worked on quite a bit, and I can't even imagine what the process was for, for you, the committee, uh, you know, people, myself included, I don't think even understand what putting a pitch of that magnitude together really takes. Can you take us through exactly what the steps were to bring an event like that to Phoenix? It's outstanding to, for the first time to have it here in our own backyard. Yeah, thank you so much, Sean. And, you know, I don't even think I can do it justice for all the people that really were involved. I mean, I I definitely, I'm so appreciative, you know, because obviously ASU and and our athletic department were, um, you know, all in and, and, and did incredible work to bring it here. And then, of course, the Phoenix Mercury and, and, and just the city of Phoenix, you know, and the committee, one of our former, um, Great golfers, ASU golfers, Brooke Todare and and um, and then uh, Stephanie Jarvis from the Global Institute. I mean, a lot of people, Sean, um, you know, Annie Myers Drysdale. I mean, Jeff Munn. You know, like all, everybody that's been involved in, in women's basketball was utilized um, to create um, what I thought was kind of a no-brainer between all of us. I mean, <laughs> come on. I mean, we're talking about a place we've hosted every major sporting event, right? Yeah, right. Super Bowl. We've had the Super Bowl. We've had the men's Final Four. We've had the college national football game. You know, we have every major uh, sport here. And you're the fifth largest city in the country. We're a vacation destination. Um, we, ASU Women's Basketball, have hosted the first ever outdoor women's basketball game. You know, we've also hosted mm-hmm. the first ever game on an Indian, on the, you know, Indian reservation. Um, and Indian reservation, I should say. Um, so... I mean, we kind of had a lot going for us, um, but there was an incredible amount of work, um, and I cannot take credit for most of it. I just tried to do my little part and and uh, just really appreciative of all the people that wanted to bring it here because I do feel like, you know, wow, what what everything that we have that we'll bring to the convention because it's our coaching convention, not even just, you know, the, the games. You know, it's yeah. just – it's going to um, – this city – embraces women's basketball um you know we have from a youth level to a college level to a pro level i mean it's all here so it, it should be fun um hope i'm around to have a team there and enjoy it <laughs> yeah well let let me change gears on you just slightly coach and talk about uh, bring it up to right now and practice is underway for the new season and normally when you lose your entire starting backcourt when you lose one of your top three-point shooters you kind of look at it and say boy this could this could be really a year of transition but then you look at the young talent that you're bringing in and you've got Jaden Simmons Gabriela Bosquez and all the way down to Imogen Greenslade there is great talent I went through all the bios this week and the accolades and the accomplishments of every one of these student athletes I'm excited. This reminds me a lot of when the Incredibles came in back in the mid two uh, thousands. <laughs> the Incredibles. That's good memory, Jeff. Yeah. So it's amazing. Know, I can remember some things, but that now I do yeah. remember. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, 
I think this is the youngest team I've ever coached. Um, I'm, I'm pretty sure because, um, you know, only one senior. Um, we do have a very, very good junior class. And the seven returners are a really good core group. But the seven that we brought in, I mean, five, the five that we signed early was ranked as high as fifth in the nation. Um, which, you know, doesn't always mean anything, the rankings, but having been with them for almost four months now, I can tell you um, it means something. <laughs> they're, they're good. They're, they're really good. So um, I think it's going to be really fun for our fans to see, um, you know, just a little different. We've had, we've had small ball, you know, a lot. We've had great small ball teams. I mean, we're a little bit bigger, not necessarily that we have six 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 seven as a center, but we have – you know, we're kind of big across, um, you know, one through five, or we can be. You know, we've got Iris, the six-one point guard, and um, and then yeah, you you know, you mentioned Jaden, but all all seven of these players that we brought in have the opportunity to impact our team, and and, and frankly, you know, we're going to need them to in in a year that's just been. <laughs> I don't, what are we calling this year? Different, um, crazy. <laughs> you know, a little, it's just very challenging. I think depth is going to be, you know, besides discipline. I keep saying the most disciplined team is going to win the Pac-12 championship. So, you know, we, we've been they've been incredible in that regard. But also, just you know, I don't think anybody had their normal training, their normal off season. So, the ability to you know kind of go a little deeper into your bench. Um, I'm excited about that for this team because I, I, I mean we're nowhere in game shape yet. We have a month, so we have a little bit of time. But I think, you know, we also don't even know who necessarily will start right now because we have a lot of people vying for positions because of all of our talent. Words that we can't say on the air, coach. That's what we're calling 2020. Words we can't use, unfortunately, <laughs> today. But yeah, you, John, you, that, that, that that sounds about right. <laughs> you know, you got into. Some- uh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just going to say there's some blessings in it, you know, and we're all about finding the good and, you know, and everything. And, you know, there's not, it's definitely not all good, like we like to say, but, you know, a lot of new best practices and, you know, it's just challenging, I think, all of us to to grow and, and be better. Yeah, you know, and, and if we could rewind a little bit, because when you joined us on Thursday night a couple weeks ago and, and you had a chance to reminisce about the team that, you know, you had to say goodbye to five of those starters, we just talked about it, but, you know, where the team was, I know the Pac-12 tournament didn't go necessarily the way we were hoping, and but you were you were ready to gear up for, for a, a NCAA run, and I think how you put it was, we know how to get ready for an NCAA tournament here at Arizona State on the women's basketball team. Uh, and it's unfortunate those young ladies weren't able to get that opportunity, but, you know, just maybe some some final thoughts to close that season. I know you mentioned it to us that that team is going to always be pretty special to you. Yes. Thank you, Sean. I really appreciate you bringing that up because, yeah, we went into the Pac-12 tournament without a point guard. <laughs> yeah. You know, Nikki was out. Iris was practically out. You know, Riley had to play 38 minutes, you know, at the end of a brutal Pac-12 season. Um, you know, it just – it was almost something that was – a blessing for us just to kind of go one and out and get home because <laughs> we knew we were in the tournament. We knew we were going to pre- get a pretty good seed and we knew we could, you know, we'd already beat the number two, number three teams in the country. Um, and with those five seniors and the rest of our team, we knew we had a deep run in us. And, you know, Jatavia Tapley, who never got to play in the NCAA tournament, you know, in her four years at SC comes, has an all Pac 12 season. So yeah, just um, what it could have, should have, but, um, 
But, you know, they're all doing so well. And we've got, um, you know, Tap and, and Riley. Um, and Robbie's still kind of making her way back overseas. But, you know, they're they're playing in their professional careers and averaging like 20 and 17. And, you know, I think my biggest disappointment, besides not getting to play in the NCAA tournament for our seniors, was that's really where you get looked at, you know, to get drafted and to get some opportunities maybe to get into a camp. And they didn't really even have training camps this year, but I just thought we had a really good group that might have had a few opportunities. Um, You know, Robbie needed to get her ankle fixed anyway. Um, But, you know, they kind of lost out on that. But um, I think our fans and everybody are going to remember them very fondly. They left incredible legacies. And I keep promising them a banquet at some point, so I'll keep I'll keep keep you posted, Jeff. Because uh, yes, yes, you're you're always our MC. So at I'll some be point there. We do have to celebrate, you know, another 21 season and and a really fun year with last year's group. So appreciate that question, Sean. I and I will be there. You just tell me what night, when, where. I'll be there. Um, let me let's uh, kind of bring this back. Uh, full circle in terms of we started talking about, well, I, I know a lot of fans are wondering about uh, a schedule. We're getting pretty close to making an announcement on the schedule, right? Yes, we are. And I don't even know what I'm allowed to say. So I'll just say what I know and <laughs> probably get in trouble. Um, but uh, so, well, I know that our shell Pac-12 schedule will hopefully get on Tuesday. So it should be announced for sure next week. I pr- I'm pretty positive that we will open at home on December 4th, 5th, and 6th weekend because um, we're still in finals, so we're not allowed to travel. So that's the Pac-12 weekend for sure for, uh, for, for women. And so we should get slotted at home, which means we'll be on the road December 17th, 18th, 19th, 19th weekend. We're going to play USD in between on that December 11th, 12th weekend. And then we've got an MTE, which is a tournament in home, at home, where we're going to play the 25th, um, probably the 25th, 28th, and 30th um, at home. And the teams that we've got, you know, we, we'll, we'll probably need to kind of announce that all together. But basically, St. Mary's, um, really good WTC team, VCU, another very high mid-major Hawaii are the teams that we're, we're, we're in the process of finalizing. So we feel very confident that that's probably going to be the field. So it's awesome. We're going to get some really good games in before we get to, um, well, and after, really, uh, we start conference play. So stay tuned. It's coming soon. Okay, very good. Well, we're we're anxious to see it. Obviously, I am because uh, I can't wait to get back to doing basketball games and to see everybody with the program. Charlie, I really appreciate this. I know it's an incredibly busy time, and I and uh, you were nice enough to to offer to come on the show. So my sincere thanks, and I know Sean agrees with me. And absolutely. And I, as I said, uh, looking forward to the new season, and I can't wait to get started. And I know you feel the same way. Thanks for coming on with us. I'll see you soon. Yeah, no, appreciate you guys. It was a nice study break for watching film. So, uh, <laughs> go Devils. Go Devils. Thanks, boss. Devils. Charlie okay. Turner Thorne, the head women's basketball coach at Arizona State. I will say this, and uh, she would not let me say this if I, if she was still on with us, but uh, I, I have the best play-by-play job in women's college basketball because it's fun and you work with great, great people every day. And I I know that it is a great job because other guys in the Pac-12 to do women's basketball keep saying to me, are, are you going to retire soon? Um, 
because they know how much they see the look on my face. They know how much fun I have with this job. So, and Charlie's a big reason why. And she'll say I didn't have much to do with it, Sean. She had a lot to do with getting the final four here. Trust yeah, me. Yeah, I, I looked into everything that was that was going on with ASU and Charlie and the, and the administration overall, and, and and just did some research on how. It's first of all, I was shocked that it, it was the first time. I knew it was the first time I was here, but it's still kind of shocking. I know that uh, we were close to getting it back in the early two thousands. I think lost out to Cleveland, but uh, it was kind of surprising that of all the major events, and that's what you know, Coach said, all the major events. We had yet to have the women's final four, so it's going to be a great event. Looking forward to it. Same here. All right, when we come back, we got a great fan story to share. A gentleman who was a student athlete at ASU. He's got kids who are student athletes, and they're great ASU football fans. And we'll share their story next. The Sun Devil Saturday continues after this on the Sun Devil Radio Network. You're listening to Sun Devil Saturday. Now back to our host, Jeff Munn and Sean Crespin. MidFirst Bank, the exclusive banking partner of Sun Devil Athletics, in your exclusive home for the ASU debit card. Visit MidFirst.com slash ASU for details. MidFirst Bank, true to your money, member FDIC, along with Sean Crespin. I'm Jeff Munn. And if you're a longtime Sun Devil, you just might know the name Dave Derminio. And I'm I, Dave and I were on the phone yesterday, and honestly, we could have talked for like an hour or two. We were sharing so many stories. And Dave joins us in our fan segment. Dave, first of all, I did pronounce your last name correctly, did I not? Jeff, that was perfect. Thank you. Well, I got one thing right today. Um, I, I want to just set this. You tell me you were on the men's golf team if you don't mind saying what years, so, uh, you, you tell me what years uh, yeah, you were 70, involved. 70, 71 to 74. Okay, and and just real briefly, you had two children who were student-athletes at ASU. Correct. One in men's golf, and the other one who was part of the inaugural lacrosse team at Arizona State. Which I And I told you this yesterday, your daughter has to be very proud of that. I know that she's gone on and done other things. But to be part of the first team in something at Arizona State, what an accomplishment. Yeah, we're, we're really proud of her and uh, extremely p- part, uh, proud of Michael. Uh, Michael was a much better golfer than I was. Uh, you know, he lettered for three years, was injured one. Uh, I played with, with uh, Paul, Paul Pertzer, Tommy Pertzer, Howard Twitty, Bobby Gilder, and those guys. So I knew my career was, uh, was not in golf when, uh, with those guys around, but Mike played with Paul Casey, Jeff Quinney, Matt Jones, Ches Reavy, and uh, they had a wonderful team. So, Dave, and knowing your your excellence on the golf course, I'd like to introduce you to somebody who claims to be excellent on the golf course, Sean Crespin. <laughs> Dave, I've never made that claim ever in my life. I'm, oh, I'm yes, about, you have. I'm about a 20. Money's played golf with me before. I'm, I'm about a 20 handicap, and to me, that's, that's taking a lot of work to get to that point. And we're not going to talk about my golf game, are we? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Dave, so so, uh, what is I mean, has how has life been impacted with you know the everything we've been dealing with since October? Uh, you know, I, I, hurdles you've had to get through. I mean, I, I, how how has life gone since March for you? Uh, and we'll get into to football and everything you might be planning on doing coming up this this uh, this season. But uh, how have you been impacted? Hopefully, everything has gone well for you. Yeah, everything's gone well for us and our family. And uh, from a business perspective, uh, we're in the respiratory therapy business and uh, respiratory care. Uh, we've made some modifications. We've we've gone to uh, you know uh, 
medical and distant, uh, distance learning, distance treatments, and uh, and uh, things are going really well for us. Uh, you know, it, it's down. COVID's impacting everybody, yeah. and uh, and that's it. Now, I'm curious to know, because a lot of fans, you know, you you have obviously some time to kind of plan this out. Two weeks from today, at very early in the morning, ASU's going to start their season at USC. How do you anticipate just kind of getting ready for that day? What are some of the things that you'll do? Obviously, you're probably going to do a lot of stuff at home. Uh, yeah, do a lot of stuff at home. I mean, it's it's definitely different than uh, what happens with uh, with home games here. If you'll let let me, uh, you know, spend a few minutes on that. Sure. I, I uh, obviously I, I coordinate uh, you know my shirt with the uh, with the team jersey and the color of the day. <laughs> I, I get down there three hours early. Go to the Sun Devil Club tailgate. Uh, meet with a lot of friends. Uh, some of my special friends that I meet with are uh, General John Goodman, who was a former quarterback here. Uh, Dutch Wootenberg, wonderful, wonderful former lineman, and uh, it's just a great time. And then about uh, an hour before kickoff, head up to the letter winner suite uh, with with those guys and a bunch of others. And then about 20 minutes before the game, I uh, head down to my suite or my seats, and then uh, halftime, go back to the letter winner suites. And uh, right after the game is over, I rush to my car so I can hear the wrap up with. Uh, with Tim, Jeff, and uh, capped off by you. So uh, you guys get me home after the game. Thank you for the plug, by the way. I appreciate that. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I, it's, and, and you know what? That's, that's part of what we talk about. The, the college game day, I think, is especially college football, is, is unique. I mean, it's an entire day, and it's a, it's a great day of just celebration. And, and when I talk to fans, I think that's the thing they miss the most. Obviously, you miss the games, but you just miss yeah. the camaraderie of being around other fans. Oh, without a doubt. And, and I have a saying, it's, uh, it's not fall without football. And it really irritates me when I uh, see fans in the seats in other conferences, socially distanced, wearing masks and all that, and we kind of have this lockdown in the, at the Pac-12. Now, really disappointed about that. Yeah, and Dave, we're going to miss you for sure. You know, uh, when when we're at the stadium, and 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 you and everybody else who's normally there with us on a Saturday isn't there, and 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 the impact will be felt on the field as well. And uh, you know, Jeff started to go down this road a second ago. But what will be your? Are you able to get that group of guys you just talked about? Are you going to be able to get together in a socially safe manner? Uh, and, and what are, what is your plans for for uh, November seven when we're playing USC bright and early? Uh, right now, it's a few weeks away. We haven't finalized anything yet, but I definitely want want to get together with friends, and uh, we're, we'll we'll see. We're definitely going to do something. Dave Derminio, Sun Devil, uh, former Sun Devil men's golf student athlete, and great Sun Devil fan, joining us. You know, one of the other things you and I uh, talked about, Dave, is how excited we are that. The vision of Ray Anderson and Herm Edwards to create this pro model at Arizona State is really starting to come together. And I thought all along that year three would be the year we'd really start to see it take shape. And even with all the obstacles that that college football is facing this year, I know you agree with me and I know Sean agrees as well. This is a year I think we're really going to start to see this plan come together. Uh, I, I totally agree with that, and I can't tell you how much respect I have for Ray Anderson. Uh, I have a little insight on, on Ray because my one of my best friends and my CPA for the last 30-some years was Ray's roommate at Stanford, 
uh, when they played baseball together. And, of course, as you know, he also played football. So I had a call from uh, Dave Baker, whose son, by the way, was one of the uh, must-have draft choices by the Oakland A's in 2002, the Moneyball team. And uh, Dave called me before the official press release. And Ray was down here for about two or three weeks when Bake was down. And uh, Ray and Buffy and my wife Maria and I uh, had the privilege of going out with him. And Ray impressed me a lot right then and there. And when I asked him what drew him to ASU, as you know, he was number two in command at the NFL, he said, I want to create significance in young people's lives. And I've had the privilege of being with Ray on campus when he'd go up to a student athlete and he'd look him in the eye with a big smile on his face and he'd say, how are you doing in the classroom? Because you know, one of, your day, one of these days, your playing career is going to be over. And coming from a guy like Ray, as well-educated as he is, and where he came from and everything he's done, that's a great motivator. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's, a, it's something that we've all seen in Ray and know about Ray, and it's extended through all the programs at Arizona State University. Dave, I wish we had more time, but we're up against it in terms of the clock. I really appreciate you doing this, and it was great to talk to you yesterday and today. And I hope we get to see you at a game very, very soon. Thanks Absolutely. for joining us. Well, I'll see you at one of the football functions if we have them, and uh, hopefully we'll have a year-end banquet again. Uh, that's always fun. Uh, you're on. Dave, thanks very much. Dave, All right. Thank you, Jeff and Sean. Have a great day. You too. Dave Derminio, tremendous. Uh, what, a, what a great uh, gentleman. And uh, like I said, I could have talked to him for about three hours yesterday. We were having so much fun talking golf stories and ASU stories. When we come back, We'll wrap things up. We'll talk about the week ahead. You know, we've got plenty of programming going on with this network, even though games haven't started yet. And Sean will get us caught up on what to expect. Coming up next on Sun Devil Saturday here on the Sun Devil Radio Network. You're listening to Sun Devil Saturday. Now back to our host, Jeff Munn and Sean Crespin. I just realized next Saturday, which is our final show of this four-week series, is Halloween. So I guess we ought to come in costume next next week. Oh, wait a minute. Cody's, Cody's got... Do you want to say it, Cody? Go ahead. I was going to say I already dress up as a radio producer. Oh, so. no. That's not... No. Come on. Uh, by the way, I'm Jeff Munn. He's Sean Crespin. That's Cody Fincher. And let me... Before we get into talking about next week... Thanks to everybody who was on this week. Merton Hanks, Chirsten Suzell, Tim Healy, Jeff Van Raphorst, Charlie Turner Thorne, Dave Derminio. You can catch a whole bunch of Sun Devil programming on the Arizona Sports app. And, Sean, what can we look forward to next week? Yeah, every Tuesday, make sure you, uh, you head over to the app and find the Anderson Healy Show for all things Sun Devils. And then Thursday night, right here on 98.7 FM, uh, you're going to hear the Maroon Monsoon, the final edition, I guess, of that as well before it goes back to All Aboard with Herm Edwards. But Bobby Hurley, Xylan uh, Cheatham, both set to join us on Thursday night as we talk about everything ASU basketball. Maybe go down memory lane with Xylan Cheatham. And uh, Lou Dort right now is a possibly, uh, possible, efforting, I guess is the word in the industry, right, Jeff? Efforting. Yeah. For, uh, for for Lou Dort to be joining us as well. So talking a lot of Sun Devil basketball on Thursday night. Lou Dort, he's done all right for himself. Been o- yeah, done, done okay with the, uh, with the Thunder. Yeah, Just okay. and, and yeah, not too bad. He's got a chance. Yeah. Um, the other thing is next week we will have a show, obviously, our final show leading up to the start of football season. We've got a few tricks up our sleeve, I guess, in the ho- Halloween theme uh, for next week. But uh, I think now it's it's getting serious, Sean. I mean, 
They had the uh, the practice and the scrimmage today in the stadium, and as uh, Rapper said, they were pumping noise in. So it's it's getting close, and it's time for the coaching staff to start making some serious decisions about who's going to line up where. Thirteen days, nine hours, five minutes, and forty seconds, Mon. That's <laughs> I'm looking at the website right now. That's Can't how long me. until until game day for the Sun Devils. Thirteen days, nine hours, five minutes, and thirty seconds. But no, you're not. You're you're right. Uh, we're, we're we're getting there. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the Sun Devils and everybody in the Pac-12 are able to come out of the shoot considering the way the offseason played out. So. That's right, and that's one of the things we'll go in uh, in depth on next week. And uh, on that note, I will talk to you next Saturday, my friend. You got it, brother. Appreciate it. You got it. Sean Crespin, and we sure appreciate uh, his work and helping us getting this show put together. Same thing to you, Cody Fincher. We appreciate it. And again, as a reminder, next week we're back with our final kind of preseason edition of Sun Devil Saturday, which will lead us into the season opener against USC on November 7th. So, hey. It's here. We're going to have basketball schedules out in the next couple of weeks. So, yeah, you better be here next Saturday at 1. Thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. For everybody connected with the show, I'm Jeff Munn. Sun Devil Saturday, a presentation of the Sun Devil Radio Network. That was Sun Devil Saturday, brought to you by Gila River Hotels and Casinos. Gila River bleeds maroon and gold and is Arizona's official sports headquarters. This Sun Devil's athletic program is an exclusive presentation of the Sun Devil Radio Network, presented by Mid First Bank.